Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. We're in that rare moment at present, a week without a states meeting. Maybe that's useful because it's a difficult time for the states of Guernsey at the moment. They're rather wading through treacle as they try to get to grips with a funding crisis, spending money on post-16 education, borrowing hundreds of millions of pounds to do so. They've still got to deal with the budget, the government work plan, and then there's a small matter of a vote and no confidence in the senior committee. I'm James Fuller. Today I'm joined by my colleague Matt Fallays and two deputies who are at the centre of that funding debate. Peter Roffey has supported PNR's GST package, but I think it's fair to say he's uncomfortable now with the funding uh, being proposed for Lesos Way. And meanwhile, Sasha Kazansaver Miller has come to the fore recently as a supporter of the Oswey project, working together on a letter with Education President Andrea Dudley Owen and coming up with a new corporate taxation idea. So, welcome to the pod, both of you. And uh, Sasha, can I start with you? Where uh, you seem to have changed your um, uh, your approach on uh, sixth form uh, centre and Oswey funding? Can you explain how how you've come to the position where you are today? Uh, good afternoon, everyone, and thanks for inviting us to this. Uh roundtable. So yes, so I started uh, not supporting the preferred model in 2021, but we are near in 2024. And we have had, well, more than two years for alternative views, alternative ideas to come through. And I really applaud the efforts of Deputy Cameron and Deputy Matthews to present alternatives. We've debated the model twice, most recently, just a couple of uh, a months ago, a couple of weeks ago. So at some point, I'm, I'm, you know, being a new, still a new deputy uh, with not as much experience as Deputy Rofi, you know, I'm getting to the point, at what point do we move on, even when we originally don't support certain ideas? Also, throughout the work uh, on economic development, uh, we share a joint mandate over the skills and human capital strategy. So I have been working quite closely with education on developing proposals. And we are literally there in terms of uh, getting uh, getting the funding with the government work plan. And we have proposals in place. We are ready to go. And I think we have developed uh, proposals which were much more focused on lifelong learning, the importance of the combination of skills we need. And I do, I have really warmed up to the idea of the campus. I do think uh, it's aspirational and inspirational and will be actually an asset uh, to the community. So I think the issue is that there are pros and cons to all of the models. I don't think there is an ideal scenario. But at some point, we have to move on. And for me personally, I feel like I've been able to cross that Rubicon and move on. Uh, well, Peter, you haven't crossed the Rubicon, is that oh, fair? Oh, yes, I have. Yes, absolutely agree with Sasha that the states have made a, 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 a decision on this, and I have to respect that. Um, I made one more go, or rather Deputy Matthews, with my support, had one more go at trying to change it, because we felt that the ground had changed since the states first approved this, and the big change was because of the delay, having to move the sixth one to the Mar. We thought that that was a very significant alteration to what had been approved by the states, so we wanted to test it one more time. And even though I still think, unlike Sasha, I think it's an awful model. I think it both educationally and revenue-wise it's an awful model. I fully accept what the states have just accepted, voted for. And that's one of the reasons I voted for a really fundamental fundraising package that would have allowed this and the hospital to be safely proceeded with and, and, and money borrowed. But we didn't get that across the road. And uh, my concern is that having basically flunked completely, raising enough money, even just to tackle the revenue deficit, we're now piling extra deficit on. If we borrow 200 million, I think 
roughly shorthand another £10 million a year needed to service that, that debt. Uh, so we haven't tackled the deficit. What are we going to do? We're going to increase it by £10 million a year. I, I, I don't understand that rationale. I want to try. I like Sasha. I want those Osway. It is so overdue. It's hard, hard to believe. Um, I wanted to go ahead as soon as it's possible safely to do so. But we have to agree as a state to raise many tens of millions of pounds in order to do that. I think the challenge, Peter, for you is that you'd supported Deputy Matthews' amendment a few weeks ago, which was proposing a different model, essentially keeping the sixth form at Live Arond. Now, I think everybody in that debate was assuming that the members who voted for that amendment would have gone on to vote in favour of funding it. And uh, as the, I would if we uh, if we had voted. Okay, but but it is only that, yeah. it's only probably twenty percent of the total cost of the Les Osway project, the sixth form element, isn't it? So there seems to be a contradiction between saying, I would vote to provide the funding for keeping the sixth form at Livaron and building the institute. I'm not saying that. I thought that is what you just said. No, I'm saying we before the difference in cost isn't very great. So we need, because we flunked it completely, the, the, the funding and investment plan, we didn't raise the many tens of millions of pounds needed to tackle the existing deficit and to safely borrow. I can't vote for that. I'm not even sure I was right to vote for the PEH project. I mean, I think them having some cash in their back pocket through the um, health fund so, okay, maybe so, so, hold on are you saying then that if deputy matthew's amendment had been carried yeah and the states had changed the model yeah so the model became guernsey institute at liz osway yeah but keep the sixth form at Livaron, yeah you would have voted for that model and then voted against funding the building works associated no with i was going to vote for a fundraising package which i did go on to vote for which would have allowed either of those options to be safely funded unfortunately we only got 16 votes for it uh, and therefore at that point i could not vote to borrow hundreds of millions of pounds okay, so that was the gst package so you're saying once the gst package was lost and no alternative or an alternative that raises a similar yeah. amount yeah. that you 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 therefore can't vote to spend substantial sums of money on any education model at the present time is is that your position well, i can't vote to borrow large amounts of money for any non revenue raising project to be honest my guernsey gene screams out against ever doing that anyway but i'd reached the point because we neglected our infrastructure to such a point that i was willing to do so so long as we put in place firm plans to raise considerable amounts of more money in order to safely a fill the revenue deficit that p and r have already um flagged up and b service our debt until that we get to that point i will not borrow okay. to um any significant amounts to to for non-revenue okay, raising so sasha wants to come in but before she does your critics would say this funding debate has become a proxy for revisiting the model the future model of secondary and further education and they would say deputy roffy's got form on this because he's tried to change the model several times in this states mm. and therefore the, the the best available route now is to deny funding for the for the agreed model can Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, 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 first of all, I haven't tried, but I have backed, I backed the Cameron attempt, uh, early in the assembly that lost. Uh, then when they, uh, and I actually 
he gave up at that point, so that's that's democracy. The, something fundamentally changed, which was the move in the sixth form to Lamar, and uh, therefore I was happy to have one more go, and I gave it everything I had to try and persuade the states they got it wrong. I, I, I lost that vote as well. I'm a Democrat. I accept that. Nothing is a proxy for me to try to undermine democratic decisions. If ESC came out tomorrow and said, we're going to keep the sixth form, at the Varond, and we wanted to develop the uh, LOC as a, as a Guernsey Institute, I'd say, well, I think that's the right decision, but I still can't vote for, to borrow large amounts of money to fund it because we haven't addressed the first, we're putting the cart before the horse. We have to address our funding deficit first. Okay. Sasha, that's a fair point, isn't it? That The, the uh, policy and resources projects a, an annual deficit reaching 100 million uh, in the medium term, tens of millions of pounds I over the next few years. The states throughout all the various proposals to raise substantial sums of money, GST, the fairer alternative that you were involved in raising income tax. So there, there, there is no agreement to raise substantial sums of money. There is no money, additional money at all that has been raised at the present time. And Yet you're proposing an amendment which would spend another £100 million plus on capital projects. It would, it would take the, the states to the, the very long list of capital projects which GST was needed to fund, wouldn't it? So I think we, we have to look at uh, the whole of the situation, at part, part which we've inherited, right? So we have uh, multiple problems we are trying to address. And like the buses, they've kind of all come together at the same time. So I think, uh, the f first of all, and um, it's come from the, the need to look at long term uh, financial position of the states, you know, so that debate has been going through, you know, 20, 20, 2015 onwards, so if not earlier, probably right. So this is this is not a new conversation. It's been going on uh, with different proposals kind of uh, dripped through throughout. So I think first long standing debate on the long term financial position of the states. Okay, so that's one. The second one, which I think is extremely critical, is the underinvestment in infrastructure and debt. Tirofi has presided over multiple states which have uh, under-delivered on... Oh, I wish uh, I had presided over uh, <laughs> But he has been in the states which have, uh, uh, you know, significantly under-invested in, mm -hmm. in infrastructure. And, you know, we've just uh, this week have seen uh, signals from the ports that Deputy, uh, uh, Deputy Rofi chairs of the requirement to invest now 65 million into critical infrastructure. So I think we've, that's a very significant problem in terms of the under-investment into infrastructure, some of which is, is critical infrastructure. It's a point where if you don't invest it, like what are the what are the cost implications uh, of, of 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 failure of dilapidated buildings and so on. So, so I think those two problems are, are probably quite critical, and you have to look at them together. It's that, not that one of the other. So he's saying we you can only spend this amount, this very large sum of four hundred and fifty million pounds or, or whatever it is on, on the, the long list of capital projects if the states have raised substantial sums of money to either uh, save to spend or to repay debt that's used to fund the projects. I mean, aren't you trying to spend the money on capital projects without raising the income necessary? 
So, so I think this is where the third dynamics comes in, which is the say political reality and democratic views and uh, uh, political views on how this should be solved. Because, because ultimately, we're, we are talking about the long term position uh, of the, of the state. So the approach that the fair alternatives have consistently advocated is for it to be a staged approach. Right? We needed to do a number of things to get the mandate to substantially increase taxation, and that was. Continuing to look at savings and efficiencies, to me, they're one uh, uh, together. So it's not just the cuts, it's actually de demonstrating we can run public sector in an efficient way. And I, I, I cannot put my hand on my heart and say we all experience efficient public services because all of us would have had experiences where you think really this is how we run public services. So I think there's room, all, there's always room for improvement. It's not something we do once every 20 years. It's an ongoing thing. The second was around introducing revenue raising measures. And the third pillar was around economic development opportunities. So it was about the staged approach. And the other thing which we said, um, which was around actually the timing of the capital expenditure timeline, because what we thought what uh, that was presented in the funding and investment plan, which is we're going to spend half a billion pounds now on capital in the next this political term was completely unrealistic because because if you take the biggest project uh, the hospital the majority of it would be deliverable end of the decade so not even like next political term but towards the even the beginning of the following political term so uh, and based on our capacity to spend the local industry's capacity to to construct we thought that the capital expenditure uh, timeline will be different to what was projected so we thought this staged approach would be sufficient the most having said all of that the most important capital project right now and the burning platform is the education it's not even the hospital because his, the hospital timing is different so we are in that uh, reality where the assembly has multiple times rejected GST. So you still have the, the ongoing issue of the underinvestment into, in, you know, into capital and the burning platform of education. But we have agreed, I think, a, a reasonably, uh, you know, a reasonable package of measures plus savings. And my proposal is trying to improve that. And we, we, in my we, view, we've approved almost nothing in a package of measures. We, we, we've approved ten million pounds in motoring taxes, which the Treasury leaders all over the press saying, "Oh, I'm not sure whether that's going to be deliverable or not." We've uh, agreed ten million pounds in savings, which I think PNR said, "Oh, well, there's only a sixty percent chance of actually achieving that." And we've agreed some some from corporate changes. That against probably a requirement to raise. I should say 100 million in the medium term, but even in the shorter term, 50, 60, 60 million pounds. To add an extra 10 million pounds in servicing 200 pounds of debt. I, 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 Sasha's right. I've been in multiple states that have underinvested and I've been a constant voice pressing for more investment in our infrastructure. And I still feel that. I, I think any society that doesn't invest in the infrastructure is like a business that doesn't. It's doomed to failure and decline. But we have to put in place the, raising the money. I was shocked listening to Peter Fairbrush talking on Sasha's amendment saying, well, if we commit this money, the next states will have to raise the money. What kind of game of chicken is that? What kind of, I mean, that's so against the prudent approach the states have taken o o o over the years. And I'm not sure the next states will, because if you throw down that challenge, you then have this island-wide election, which is basically a big beauty parade, where everybody will be asked, do you want to raise taxes? And I suspect, I may be wrong, maybe the electorate will suddenly grow up and realise, yes, we do want to vote for a load of people that want to raise taxes, because we understand the need to do it. 
But I reckon the chances are it would go the other way. Uh, and, I, and I think we'd then be in an incredibly fragile position. So, Sasha, you, you talked about how your position has evolved in, on the education model. Um, and, and I think a lot of people would, would say it's, it's admirable to take the view that the states have, have agreed a model numerous times in effect and all deputies need to work together to try to bring that about rather than continue with this kind of impasse. Um, however, I, your position has also changed on borrowing, hasn't it? Because two years ago, you, you'll remember in, I think it was the government work plan debate, that there was a proposal to authorise PNR to borrow another £200 million. You laid an amendment or seconded an amendment, I can't remember, but the amendment included retaining this long-standing policy that the state should borrow only for capital projects with an income stream to service the debt. Now, you're, you are proposing borrowing at least another £100 million pounds for, for the education project, which doesn't have any income stream, does it? So I think the, the amendment uh, I laid was in relation to waiting for the borrowing until we had the tax debate, uh, basically. I think there were other amendments that tried to do what you're saying, uh, basically. And and because uh, I thought we need to have that holistic conversation. So I think at that point, I was not, I think, saying that we sh uh, basically... I, I, I don't think my position has shifted in a way that you are kind of describing it. I think it's still very important to look at the whole picture uh, together. I think what... Um, what is important is that we need to look. We, we've already borrowed. The world hasn't collapsed, right? Yes, a lot of it is borrowed against uh, income stream generating activities. But in the meantime, I think this, the sentiment around uh, borrowing is shifting as well because it's seen as it, it's a financial instrument that any modern well, company, democracy, household uses. I do feel the sentiments around capital are shifting, especially when we are talking about the the, the type of uh, level of capital investment we need and over the lifetime of the assets that we are looking at, such as education and, and hospital. I think it's not unreasonable to say, well, why should we be paying for all of that today from taxpayers' money while generations of uh, Guernsey people will be benefiting? So I think there's a difference between are you investing... And also, what kind of capital investment you're talking about? Edu probably education is one of the most important, actually economic, economically important. I think Peter, you've talked about that. You know, investment. Yeah, totally. it, it's not expenditure. It's not just expenditure. Right? It's it not just spending money. It's an investment, but, but it's, still it's, it's an expenditure with okay. with extremely important uh, uh, return on investment for the whole island, socially, economically, uh, educationally, etc. So. So, but, but we're talking hmm. about the, the borrowing that the states took on 10 years or so ago, um, about half of it, I think it was £330 million, hmm. wasn't it? Half of it has been lent on to projects or organisations with an income stream. The remaining half is still available for this next phase yep. of capital projects. Mm -hmm. There is some borrowing associated with, with carrying out the Princess Elizabeth Hospital project, which the states have approved. If the education project is added to the list of borrowing i think that that makes about 350 million pounds of borrowing for projects with no income stream mm. at the same time that the states have rejected all the alternative ways of raising substantially more revenue i mean this is this is simply not being prepared to raise large amounts of tax but still spending much higher sums of money hmm. isn't it i mean that that's the, your so, your critics would say that this, this is just having all the popular spending projects hmm. 
not being prepared to, to raise the unpopular taxes to pay for them. I, I think we, we have to work with the art of the possible and where we are. So I think we obviously had the long debate in October in relation to the capital spending and the revenue raising measure. And where we ended was scenario one plus with the hospital. And that scenario that we approved would require 100 million of borrowing anyway, right? Why? Why? Well, that's based, that's based on the Scenario projections. One from no borrowing. We agreed to add the PH in, of which 90 million was going to come from the uh, health reserve. So it's not going to cost 190 well, it, million for the Well, uh, that's based hospital. on the information we've received from Treasury in that, terms that, that of the implications. That is what Treasury is saying. And, and this is what Treasury we've been this exploring. is saying. I struggle to stack it up. I've we've been exploring that this week and we'll publish articles on that because there is, there is clearly some dispute between states members about how much... Mm. Uh, you've agreed to borrow, but Treasury's position is Tre that it Tre will at least One require another, another an extra 111 million borrowing is necessary. To, that's the cost of the, in the transforming education program. So whatever we're borrowing, that's another 111. Yes, million. exactly. So I think that's the true. point I'm trying to make. So we had that long debate. So just taking one step at a time, because the problem is if we start redebating the whole thing again, we will never get there. So what we agreed at that point according to Treasury's projections, would already require 100 million. And scenario one and two are unsustainable in the long term. Uh, the Assembly has agreed that that's the position and they agreed that you would have to bring addi do additional work in the next political term to law. So we've agreed that. We know that position. The now, in relation that as well. To the, fine. We would, this Assembly was going to have to sort it but out. In and relation to this debate and, and this amendment, so the one key decision that was left standing is the education. So in relation to education, we need a net of 100 million because if you slightly change the contingency that was approved in October, it's 100 million. And what with my amendment, what I am proposing is that, yes, we've already agreed everything else in October, but is specifically in, this, to, in relation to this 100 million, by bringing this corporate levy and consultation has got out that this levy could be in the region of 5 to 10 million, this will more than be enough to cover the debt and repayments over the lifetime of the debt and especially over the lifetime of the assets. So it's specifically in relation to trying to sort education. These proposals, in my view, do that. If, if our public finances were in Kyoto, we didn't have a structural deficit, that would be a really strong argument. But that five to 10 million pounds plus a whole barrel load more is needed just to bring our, uh, to tackle our, our projected revenue deficit. Uh, and if you spend it in one way, you can't spend the same money again in, in balance. The projected the deficit. revenue deficit is also driven by the capital, which is, a, you know, that's a key part of the deficit. So you cannot separate saying, well, we're not going to do uh, the capital, which is the burning platform today in terms of education, and then somehow structure, solve the structural deficit. They are one and the same. Yeah. And ultimately, if you don't want to invest, that's fine. You may not have any structural deficit, De but desperately ultimately want to that's the burning platform because that's, and as, as, as a, a deputy, that's what I'm trying to think yeah. about. Every day, students wake up, teachers wake up, families wake up, and continue living in complete uncertainty about the future of what's going to be happening to our, our island and going into dilapidated buildings. Yeah, tell Ultimately, me about it. That is be going the most to the burning issue of today. Why, why not delay or cancel the hospital project? Well, if, that's if, not, that's if, another if the education project is, is the priority, rather than adding to the deficit, 
Because I, I mean, your, your your proposal to bring in the, the corporate levy may may well succeed, mm. but the some of the money will have to be spent before the income has been generated. I mean, the fear will be the states may agree to the spending, but may not when it comes to the crunch actually raise the additional revenue. Mm. But all of that problem is goes away if the states say. Let, let's not carry out the PEH redevelopment until we have brought in more revenue to fund it. In the meantime, the money that would have been spent on that, let's redirect it to spending on education. Well, Wouldn't that be a more I, I prudent approach? I don't think approach? it's necessary because the timing of capital expenditure is completely different. And also they dovetail off each other because actually uh, the, the, some of the work, you know, relocating health institute, library, etc., they dovetail going to be the same contractor because of the timing of capital expenditure. You don't have to make that decision because you will not be hit by the hospital expenditure until much later on. So this is where it comes into how do you account for the capital expenditure? What's cash flow versus the accounting way? Because if you will look at our accounts with Ipsos accounting with depreciation charges, it is a different way to accounting and looking at things. But because of that, when the actual cash is needed, I don't think that decision is needed because you don't need the cash much later on for the hospital. Okay. You see, Sasha, Sasha's right that we need to invest massively in our infrastructure because we've underinvested for some time. And if well, the only investment we needed was the £450 million worth in the current portfolio, then just, yeah, look at the profile. We can bring that money in over time. It's fine. But we know we're going to be adding things to that. We know when the new uh, assembly comes long they're going to want to add in their capital portfolio that needs to be done so i mean i agree with sasha that in the corporate world you would borrow it is absolutely essential that you borrow but you will also have a business plan looking at your projected income streams and making sure that your borrowing was sustainable and if that's what this this stage needs to grow up it really is wanting that the penny and not the bond to use john gollop saying they absolutely whether it's on uh, long-term care insurance or whether it's on taxation they want all the spendy bits because they, people want the goodies and I absolutely agree with them these are essential things for our community but we won't face the difficult challenges of raising significant amounts of money and as for this I mean I take Sasha's point about future generations will benefit from some of these things but the generations before actually left us unencumbered um, assets. Maybe they're a bit tarnished now, but they worked when they were first done. We seem to be on to be the single generation that accepts that from our, from our forebears, but then encumbers our, 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 our children and grandchildren with debt. And I don't want to be a part of the single generation that asset strips in that way. But you're, the practical effect of what you're suggesting is that students at the Guernsey Institute, the College of Further Education uh, yes. section of it, will be in facilities that were condemned it's as unsuitable. Yeah, we were I mean, both not just years ago, but decades ago. Mm. Yeah, we were. And we were both on education recently when Peter Master Associates said it was some of the worst. It is indefensible. So what we need to do is to raise enough money to be able to sort that out. And now it's been put back to 2026. That's what the states decided. Next time that's going to be looked at is 2026. Now, maybe there's wisdom in that because this assembly has shown itself utterly incapable of voting to raise significant amount of money because it ain't very popular. But it's not. I'm not going to wait to 2026 in order to be able to fund the, the Guernsey Institute. I think we have to find a way through this. But find a way through it is not wish and hope, spend the money and let's hope the next lot will raise it. It's to say, we look, we, this is an unacceptable situation. We need to invest and therefore we need to raise not five million from a corporate levy, but 50 million through proper fiscal reform. I, I don't disagree with anything Peter says, but uh, bringing GST today 
it has no more certainty than any of the other measures because it could be overturned. So nothing actually the government probably plans and brings forward ever, whether it's policy or paper, paper, right? Because everything. So, but of course we will make the best endeavors to make it happen. So I think I take that point. But GST is probably even more uncertain because it would be the one single thing that could be uh, overturned uh, easily at the next election. Is this at all going to be fixed though? In the either in the next couple of weeks or indeed in the life of this state? Well, the debate is adjourned. The debate on Sasha's amendment, as we speak, mm. is, is adjourned. Uh, there are eight or ten members who indicated they still want <laughs> to speak. I wish but, I'd waited now. <laughs> Peter said in his speech, uh, as he often does, the, the, the amendment would win and that he thought he would be on the losing side. I wasn't quite so sure when it when it got to 5.30. Uh, nor was I last then. I was speaking when I was very close. Yeah. I mean, think, Sa- Sasha, uh, I what, you'll think... be doing the numbers, won't you? What, what do you think will be the outcome of I the vote on James, your amendment? I think, you made an excellent point. Because one has to change. Because to me, this is no longer about rational uh, arguments. There's much more in play, and it's not about what it is about. So first of all, uh, you know, it's we are in a position. I think Deputy Saint Pierre was call, calling Alice in the Wonderland. You know, looking through the glass and whatever, because uh, you know. F- Months ago, Fair Alternative were arguing for the corporate levy and a smoothening of capital expenditure, basically exactly what I'm trying to do in the amendments, uh, etc. And now they're arguing against. P&I was arguing against the levy, but for uh, education, and they are three weeks later arguing the opposite. So it's politics. And I wish we could take the politics out of politics, but I guess I'm probably in the wrong job then. I think what has to change is... The pilot political dynamics have to change uh, by by Wednesday next week. By Wednesday next week, which is which is maybe one of the reasons we send let, that letter out. And I was, you know, I I asked Deputy Zabeon whether she genuinely believed in what we were saying, and she said yes, absolutely. I think there's a need for change. I think there's a need for change in in politics in the dynamics. But both sides have to walk the talk. I don't think it's enough for, you know, one side saying, oh, it's toxic, whatever. I think we need to move beyond the political difference. But isn't it sad you say both sides? I mean, I don't regard myself on any side, and I never have done. Um, but I have to accept that both, to a lesser extent in the last assembly, and to a greater extent in this assembly, that's what it's felt like. And, exactly. and I think Guernsey's lost out through that. Yeah. Really do. There's a potential dynamics change uh, coming up when immediately after this uh, budget <laughs> debate has been concluded. Let me just ask oh, you... Oh, the operating, and the operating, we need to do that. But I, I want Sasha to tell us whether she thinks her amendment's going to prevail. I think it has a good chance of success. Mm. I think it's going to be incredibly close. Mm. Okay, so, so on that basis, are we going to see the go-ahead for the Institute of the Oseway decided before the end of this year? It's going to be incredibly close. <laughs> Well, I think this is this is the interesting point uh, because you have we have um, we have well the, the institute at Lewis is obviously one of the projects, but that is by far the ma- major part of the capital that's requirement. And and this is the part I think that's what Matt was trying to press earlier uh, in terms of questioning Peter. So, say we need a hundred million for education. The vast majority of that hundred million is TGI, around seventy million plus minus, depending you know uh, costs uh, optimism bias, and. 
everyone in the assembly says, oh, we, we all want TGI to go. So if it was, you know, if it if there was an amendment or whatever decision today to just do TGI, we would be happy to do it. But that would still right now require effectively 70 million of borrowing. So there's a real paradox in terms of who, those who are saying, oh, no, 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 we couldn't possibly fi- you know, borrow the 100 million. But yeah, you're very, very happy for TGI to go because ultimately... I think there's a lot about uh, a fundamental position to the model, and that's that's probably the s- central reason why, if the amendment doesn't succeed, that's th- that would be the reason. It's not the borrowing side of things. Okay. To me, it's well, the composition to the model. The I, I accept if, that. If, if that I money that. was for a two-door model, that. which I still believe is the best, I would still vote against it until we've put in place the right the right fundraising method. Well, but Peter, can I say, I mean, yeah. do you feel that this is the is this the way to go about? Significant borrowing, you know, doing it on on the basis of amendments, last minute, you know, uh, you know, inventing corporate taxes on the hoof kind of thing. Extraordinary. I mean, Chancellor just said that uh, they've gone out to consult uh, IOD and others about how do they feel about five to ten million uh, pounds being raised on the corporate levy. The only way we had an op- they had an opportunity to do that is because we didn't manage to reach the end of the debate last week. Otherwise, on a late amendment with the rules being set aside without any consultation, we would have actually agreed to do that well can i I just counter that because as i said in my speech it's not a new concept it was uh it was proposed uh for research as part of the tax proposals ey uh there's a whole section in the eu long ey report about this option uh, option four uh they scoped it uh able to raise up to 20 million uh, and at that point, so uh, so I've I've just uh, someone sent me the um, survey I did it to their members in February, uh, in in relation to the proposals and also the levy concept. And within that survey, this is February, okay. So this is not me coming up with an idea last, you know, uh, on Wednesday night a week ago. They said two thirds of the members uh, accepted tripling of the annual validation fee. So they were for, uh, they were okay for the fee to be raising in the region of 15 to 20 million. So this is information we've had. In, uh, industry, I've, told, I've talked to industry bodies informally. They said, we take it for granted. It's easy because it's a flat, it's a flat fee. As long as it doesn't change corporate taxation, this is great. They take it for granted and it's coming. So it's not something new. Uh, I've been working on this uh, amendment specifically for three, three weeks. And then, uh, as I explained, decided to lay it late, unfortunately. But it's not its not a new concept. The so I think that's what I'm trying to make. Concept, but the, what, I think when the concept was first floated, everybody, including industry, expected that this sort of increase of the corporate levy would be helping to tackle the, our inherent deficit, not saying, no, we'll leave that untackled and we'll use it, it for a first of The states spend a lot of time hand-wringing over how difficult it is to raise additional revenue. But this corporate levy in the, in recent days has has been presented as if it would be relatively easy and uncontroversial well, uh, to raise. Uh, I mean, that, that could, if, if it was 20 million a year, that could make up maybe a third of the size of the projected deficit. My, my, my simple assumption is that, and we've had, I've had real pushback from Treasury, I think because it would make a GST seem less... <laughs> Uh, you know, desirable because it could be seen that, oh, there is this easy alternative that could raise not the full amount the GST could, obviously, but actually make a dent, as you say. And I think, unfortunately, that's been, I feel that's been, un- unfortunately, one of the reasons why it hasn't been progressed as much as it should have, because it would have made GST less desirable. Your position, Sasha, now, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is you would vote to go ahead with education's capital projects 
with or without the agreement to raise the additional corporate levy, wouldn't you? I would prefer to vote. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's support for the program to go without borrowing. But if you're I don't think the numbers will. You support Millis. Well, her amendment will go first. I think. Okay. Well, will you vote for it? I'm supposed to be asking the questions here, not. Well, Sorry, there used to be a well, journalist. I guess. I, I, <laughs> what I said is that I, we have the mechanisms. There is also a work stream already in terms of the review of, of registry fees. We could be bringing if uh, we could be bringing additional revenue raising through budget through whatever measures. Anyway, I would prefer that they are on paper now through this uh, levy that we're doing this work there's a clear signal to industry the work is going to be happening over the next year so i'm i feel confident that we we, we can we have the levers to bring additional revenue measures but i would really prefer we have them on paper okay can i just respond to something because sasha says she thought that the whole corporate levy thing had sort of been put on the back burner because it made gst less necessary well i don't know if she thinks p and r mark thompson and myself are absolute masochists but we didn't actually want to be putting forward gst so i mean if we actually felt that there were alternatives that made it not necessary we would have pursued them to the nth degree i actually think that ey didn't say that we could get 20 million out of a corporate levy they said 18 to 20 million was the maximum we could raise from the corporate sector which part of it could have been from a corporate levy but uh, okay well such as shaking your head I, I was sitting around the table with them. I thought that's what they said at the time. Okay, well, we're in danger yeah. of doing a state of Guernsey and running seriously over time. So uh, come back <laughs> next Wednesday, shall we? <laughs> well, I think that might lead to many debates in itself. Yeah. Uh, however, we did want to talk about one other issue, which is we've touched upon about ten minutes ago when I last thought about intervening, uh, which was the uh, which was the the politics within uh, within the states, and obviously that is very much to the fore when we debate a or when you debate a motion of no confidence in the. Um, in the uh, Policy and Resources Committee, uh, which is coming up next week. Um, I don't think we've asked either of you uh, exactly where you stand in terms of that vote. Uh, can I do so now, Peter? Yeah, um, I've told the President of PNR that I intend to vote in favour of it. I wish it wasn't happening. We've had enough unpleasant uh, debates recently. The one about uh, abuse of privilege probably peaking at na maximum nastiness. Um, and I had said to um, Deputy Fairbrush earlier, I think it'd be better if you all actually saw a vote of uh, reconfidence, if you like, step down. And no, I think the states would have put some of you back, probably injected a bit of fresh blood and we could have, could have moved on. There's no way I can say I've lost confidence in them because they put forward the tax package they did because I was one of the architects. But when they came out of it and said, we need a general election because this assembly won't be led by us, which is basically what they said. At that stage, I think you need some degree of refresh at the top and to just carry on as if absolutely nothing had happened, I think will be the road to, road to zombie government. And also this toxicity in the States is certainly not all down to PNR. There are a lot of guilty parties to lesser and great degrees. But I do feel, and I say this, I've been saying in many states much, so it's, we're not like this, that the tone has been set from the top. And therefore, I think some kind of reset is needed. So for all of those reasons, I, I and it's a bit like the debate on Sasha's amendments. I've absolutely no idea what the outcome is going to be. And I suspect it's going to be quite close. But th that's the way I'm going to vote. Yeah, I think that's agreed. Uh, Sasha, you're prepared to outline your position. I, I don't know which way I'm going to vote uh, and I'm 
very uh, honest about that. I'm going to listen. I do feel I agree with what Pete is saying. I feel we need some kind of change, whether it's going to be delivered through a new group or not. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm certain I've seen unhelpful behaviors on both sides. I will continue saying that, even though it's abstract sides. Uh, and I think. I actually, I think the education issue will rem could remain one of the central issues in terms of well, if there might be a new PNR, how do they think they might solve the the problem? If 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 my amendment is unsuccessful, if we continue uh, with the issue being unresolved, because if because that issue will be outstanding, and I think. Uh, if uh, and I don't think anyone will announce how they will will want to do it, but if they will want to. Uh, bring alternative proposals. I think that's anti, again, anti-democratic. So is that what we need right now to bring more toxicity? I don't know. It's a very difficult situation. Do you think PNR should have stood down there? Because they, they have lost at least twice, maybe three times, depending on how you look at it, their, their flagship fiscal tax raising spending package, haven't they? I mean, they, they can't get beyond 15 or 16 votes for it. I mean, I think a senior committee in that position in, in lots of states previously would have resigned. I mean, do, do you not think just on a, almost a point of principle, they they ought to have offered their resignations, even if some of them are then being re-elected? It's my first state, so I don't have uh, much uh, to compare against. I mean, some of the things and behaviours I've seen in the states, I would never have seen anywhere else, but they seem to be accepted and no one stands up to them. So I think there's a lot of very weird and unhealthy dynamics, unfortunately. So I don't even know what's right or wrong, because I, you know, I don't have maybe your experience, Peter's experience, to see that it could be different. Uh, I think... Uh, a lot has to change for uh, the motion to be successful, but for a new PNR to bring something uh, different. So it's a it's a high hill to climb. Sasha, if there were or there weren't a change at the top, what would you like to see or achieve in the next 18 months? I would uh, like us to sort education one way or another. That's the prime thing. We're not going back there, but carry on. I think we, we would have hopefully agreed on the government work plan. We need to put all resources behind making the government work plan happen. So really supporting the committees to deliver on their government work plan. We really need to make some good inroads with the savings side of things. But I think the one thing that for me remains still uh, un unsolved is the economic development side of things. So I would really like to focus some time to actually developing a longer term economic uh, strategy. And that's one of the, re the resolutions that came from Fair Alternative in February. Deputy Murray, myself and others have been very lightly trying to, looking to work at this, but by and large, it remains unresolved uh, yet. I completely agree with Sasha on the economic development side. And actually going back to this huge 400 and whatever it is, million pound capital program, what's striking about it is how few projects there are in there that actually looks to move forward, go forward and, uh, you know, grow the economy in any way. Uh, I have to say SDSB will be turning up and trying to add to that pile with a pool marina at some stage fairly soon uh, and making the argument that this is a, this is something that would generate money. But again, you know, how, how, how on earth do you finance it? Uh, so I think, although it seems like breaking your head against a brick wall, 
looking again at fiscal policy, I don't think we can put it up to 2026. I just think that that is p- parking things far... You we can't w- have another debate, though, on, on well, we GST we, or, we or cer- another... We can certainly do all the preparations so that the, the next states don't have to suddenly pick it up from scratch. I mean, they may not agree with you, and, and I think you need to propose two or three different routes through, and two or three that you believe are meaningful, not what PNR do. Uh, here's three options, but this is the only one that will work. Um, yeah. So, because that's really only providing one option. Um, but I think there's all sorts of perhaps minor things, not minor, they're really important, but have gone under the radar. Um, in a waste. I mean, it's just, it's just tragic that it's, we've done nothing in this assembly. It was nearly at a point at the end of the last assembly we're going to move forward. The future of our uh, dairy industry, I, I, I really worry about it. So I think that a new PNR should actually get all the what's what PNRs are meant to do, get all the parties together to work together. Because I think there are solutions to all of these things, but we just haven't been looking for them really. Um individuals have been looking at them through their lens, but it hasn't been done together. You've said that if PNR fall, you would stand to for the Yeah, and I hope half a dozen others will as well. Yeah, yeah. Um and I think uh, Deputy Trotter said the same. Um I'm not going to ask Sasha if, if if you're going to stand as president of PNR, but but would you Why be not? prepared to? Because you can't have every states member who stands as as, yeah. as to be president, because everyone will then get yeah. one vote. But would you be prepared to take a seat on the committee to try to bring the states together more in the way that you were talking about in the letter you you wrote yesterday and we've been talking about today? I think we everyone should uh, see where they can best contribute, uh, depending on whatever happens. So you know, wherever I'm needed best and most, I will. That could I, be on. PNR, I will be possibly, yeah. So they say that a week is a long time in politics. Well, maybe at this time next week we might have a, a, a deputy who's resolved the funding of, uh, of, of post sixteen education, and we might also be talking to a new president of policy and resources. But uh, anyway, thank you very much, both of you, for joining us today. Thank you for listening, and we shall see you again next week with some shorthand states with uh, Matt and Simon Delarue. But until then, bye for now. <laughs>